Benzinga's Cannabis Capital Conference returns to Miami Beach on April 11th and 12th. I may be biased, but I'm telling you this event is a can't miss. Join us to build the foundation of your next game-changing deal with CEOs and decision makers from leading companies in the industry. We're talking about the next wave of businesses, strategies from the most profitable businesses, and exactly what investors are looking for in a challenging market. Go to bzcannabis.com to meet your next investor, co-founder, and new friends. A little pro tip from me, right now tickets are $1,000 cheaper than prices at the door. Get yours now. Hello, hello. Welcome in, y'all. What is up? It is a terrific Tuesday with your single co-host, Elliot Lane. Javier Jase, our friendly Argentinian action figure, is overseas in Europe for Spanibus, I believe, and ICBC. So the man is traveling, representing Benzinga, getting all those European insights for you guys, and he will bring those back next week. But we are still pushing away with Women's History Month, which we are very proud to interview some amazing, amazing thought leaders that are obviously women uh, in this industry, featuring them throughout the entire month of March, and ideally, beyond. This is a commitment we are making long-term, not just for the month of March. However, uh, love you guys, love you men. This month's not for you. With that being said, what's happening in the world of cannabis today? Y'all, if you're in the chat, say what's up. Always love hearing from you. We'll have an amazing conversation uh, with a marketing leader and a PR leader in the space, Alice Moon. Uh, If you are in cannabis, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on Twitter, you know her name. Uh, And uh, I'm about to get a wealth of knowledge on social media marketing, on brand presence, on uh, just a ton of different things that we need to know and the importance of the Twitter deal and and what that means for social media marketing in the industry. So it's going to be a really great conversation. Change agent, what is up, my guy? Good to see you. Uh, If you have any stocks you want to cover, drop them in the chat. Um, But I know we covered Wendy Berger last week to kick off our Women's History Month. So if you didn't get to catch that episode Make sure you do. She dropped some incredible insights on us from how she got into cannabis uh, and how uh, it is shaping up for GTI. Pass the damn laws and let's get it legal. (laughs) Born to be free. I can't disagree with you, man Um, or or lady. Uh, And I will say hello from Brand Ambassador from Papa's Herb, California. Hello, Anthony. What is up? Thank you for tuning in. You're probably tuning in for Alice. That's okay. She's going to be on shortly. Uh, But pass the damn laws. I'm with you. Speaking of laws, We might get some expanded medical programs soon in states near you. Georgia, I think unanimously bipartisan voted to expand their medical program recently. South Dakota, I believe, is looking to expand uh, symptoms for their medical program. Uh, I believe Ohio as well is looking to expand access. Interesting one for you all. Pennsylvania lawmakers are proposing a bill. This hasn't gone anywhere yet, so a little bit premature to call this news, Uh, but they are proposing a bill to sell legal adult-use marijuana through liquor stores. Now, you tell me that that is not a boon to the alcohol industry, taking the distribution that they already have and just maximizing cannabis brands. Uh, So that would be massive. Uh, If a state moved forward with that, it would be really interesting to see how that would cross over with other states, and if laws would be revised. That's a long way away. I'm speculating way too much on that. Uh, But that would be very, very different and very, very important if something like that were to take place. Did y'all see what happened with Tilray? NASDAQ listed TLRY. 
Uh, there's a legal action against them. An investor alleges false claims against the company. Uh, yikes on inventory. Uh, so hopefully that is uh, well. Hopefully for shareholders, <laughs> that's a, a short, um, a short legal venture. But uh, it is making news today, uh, and they are currently down about two and a quarter percent today on their stock. So keep an eye on that. We will let you know what comes of that as more news comes out. I will say at Benzinga, we try not to just cover lawsuits just to cover them. Uh, we will cover when actual news comes out uh, about those lawsuits. Whew. With that being said, y'all, I, I, I could talk all day about cannabis news. Make sure you tune into Cannabis Daily every morning, five minutes of cannabis news to get you going. Earnings reports, what came out that morning, product launches, um, legal state actions, federal actions, um, studies. We talk about it all. Cannabis Daily every morning, Benzinga Cannabis, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube channel. And also subscribe to Benzinga Cannabis Daily newsletter. And last but not least, a little QR code in your corner is for our Miami Cannabis Capital Conference. Four or five plus federal politicians, every major plant touching company in the industry. Uh, most of your major brands will have uh, your leading ancillary companies, B2B platforms like LeafLink, Headset, um, Weed Maps, Leaf Trade. Uh, it just goes on Dutchie. Uh, we'll have we'll have everybody there. You guys should be there too. BZCannabis.com to get your tickets today before the next price increase. And with that, I'm done with the plugs. I try not to do too much of them. Love you guys. Thank you for letting me plug. Uh, but Aaron, kick us off with the introduction, but let's go right in to Alice Moon. Very excited for this. All right, Alice, welcome in. First time appearance, but not a first time cannabis influencer. You are massive in this industry. So if you just want to give us a quick background and how are you? I didn't even say, how are you? I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Um, a quick background. I worked in cannabis for 12 years, doing a variety of things. I started um, as a trimmer, then I was a bud tender. I used to write edible reviews. I made bracelets you could smoke out of. I had an app. Um, I've done a lot. And uh, for the last five years, I've been focused on doing PR. And um, throughout my 12 years in the space, I've also done social media on the side. So when I worked at dispensaries, I was doing their social media. I've worked, um, done social media um, accounts for um, some brands. So, And then also, I'm what people consider a micro-influencer. I've got about 30,000 followers across um, the platforms. And I um, am part of the LinkedIn Creative Program, which I'm very proud of. I was the first cannabis influencer to be accepted in that program, which just shows that LinkedIn is very, um, you know, cannabis friendly. They know that I post all about cannabis and they accepted me into the program. So, yeah, that is me in a very quick nutshell. Now, let, let's put this into um, a perspective, though, right? Yeah, micro influencer, 30,000. You know, I appreciate the, the humble uh, introduction you offered yourself there. But platforms like Meta, which of course is Facebook and Instagram, two of the biggest, are not friendly to cannabis. And of course, you have, you know, stoner culture style influencers on those pro on those uh, platforms with seventy plus, hundred thousand followers, whatever it may be. But where the cannabis community is, it's LinkedIn, right? 
Well, I think it's LinkedIn and Instagram. I think it's both platforms. So I think LinkedIn is more B2B and Instagram is more B2C. So you get, um, yeah, I think the, the consumers are hanging out more on Instagram, but they're starting to go to LinkedIn, but you don't really go to LinkedIn to find out about a product or a brand. Um, you go to like hear from the executives at the company and like get more of an inside scoop on what the brand is like, you know? Um, and yeah, I had my Instagram account deleted at 14,000 followers back in 2015. So that hurt so much. Um, it truly, it was awful. And that's when I stopped uh, putting too much time in an Instagram uh, personally, because I was like, this could just go away at a, in a second. So now I just, um, I do consulting for Instagram, but I don't put in too much effort on my own account. Oh, shadow banning is real. We have experienced it numerous times having Benzinga cannabis <laughs> as our as our title there. Uh, so definitely feel your pain, uh, but not quite that much pain on that. So, you know, peace, love and, and you know, thoughts to you on that one. <laughs> but looking at LinkedIn, right, let's talk about a little bit about your goals with social media marketing. So, you know, it are you marketing for brands? You know, you're marketing for executives. Do you do both? Uh, you know, where do you sit in the social media landscape? I kind of do a little bit of all of it. Um, so I do some LinkedIn ghostwriting for executives in, in the industry. So um, a lot of uh, people that you've spoken to on your show, I am the voice behind their LinkedIn. Um, I work with them um, to craft posts that are like in their voice and is conveying the messages they want to convey. It's just they don't have the time to sit down and write a LinkedIn post. So I sit there and I create the content for them. I do this for numerous executives in the space. And then I also work with some brands on like their Instagram account, um, Tilt Holdings. I do their Instagram um, and their um, LinkedIn hmm. and Twitter account. Um, yeah, so I kind of dabble in a little bit of both. Awesome. That's, that's really cool. So when you started this, I, I mean, you say you, you made a bracelet that you can smoke out of. First of all, uber cool. And if you have one near, please, please show us your marvelous creation. Uh, <laughs> but when did you know that, okay, this this industry needs help? on social media? Like when, when did you dive into that as a business opportunity for yourself? Just thinking about the grand, grand scheme of different marketing agencies and, and how people are approaching social media now, it seems like you were ahead of the game a little bit for this industry. I was. Um, so back when I was writing edible reviews, I would get these products from going to like a cannabis conference or a cannabis expo. And I would write an edible review on my blog, Taste Buds blog. And people would come to me and say, where can I get that product? And at the time, brands didn't even have Instagram pages. So I was like, I don't know how to tell you where to get that product. And this was because brands didn't want to be that seen. You know, this was years ago before uh, it became recreationally legal. So brands were still kind of hiding in the shadows. So that's when I started to post a lot on social media and realizing like brands do need a presence on there. So I hired a photographer. I got epic photos of all the edibles I reviewed to the point where brands started using my photography on their own pages and realized like, yeah, we should be posting about this stuff. Um, so it was, you know, about 2015 is when I really realized like the need for more of a social media presence for all cannabis brands. <laughs> I bet many people wish they'd been ahead of the curve on that one. So you have such an interesting just collection of insights, and I really want to dive into that, uh, about what people are latching on to. You see it from the MSO perspective. You see it from the from other micro-influencer perspectives, I'm assuming, as well as your own. But what do people engage with 
right now on these different platforms? Is, is it product discussions? Is it advocacy discussions? Is it community discussions? Is it uh, corporate discussions and, and, you know, investor reports? I mean, what is important to the cannabis community right now? So it depends on the company and the audience. Um, One thing I also do at Trailblaze is um, I do, I manage influencer campaigns for MSOs across the country. And I find that the influencer campaigns resonate really well um, with audiences because you're getting somebody who is authentically in love with cannabis and they're talking about cannabis and they're creating content in a unique way. And so I find that has been really successful with brands that we work with. Um, And then there's companies um, that are, are more corporate and they just want to talk about earnings and things like that. And their audience loves to hear about that. Um, you know, small companies don't really talk about earnings. They um, aren't, you know, publicly traded. So they go on the educational side or the lifestyle side. So it really kind of depends on the brand and the company, um, if it's an MSO, a small brand, etc. Now, Benzinga is sitting where we sit. We cover news from all companies. In this, in this industry, we cover MSOs, we cover newly launched brands out of California, we cover them all. A lot of people see us, though, as, as the corporate side, and it makes sense. We're, we're financial media, right? We, we cover stock news, we cover uh, what moves this industry as a business opportunity for investors, because that is part of regulation, that's part of normalization. Uh, it, but when, when it comes to a divide, it, do you see a divide still in this industry between um, kind of that corporate, for lack of a better term, cannabis, and those who consider themselves those who have built this industry, right? The community, the the culture, the uh, that side of the industry. Is there still a divide, or or is it is it minuscule at this point? I think there's always going to be a divide, but I think the the line is getting thinner um, between that division because a lot of these legacy um, operators realize they kind of need corporate cannabis to make it work. And so I'm seeing a lot of brands coming together instead of trying to fight each other, they're coming together to work together. So I think um, I think the the divide is like not as strong as it was a few years ago. Now, uh, on the flip side of that, let's be fair about this. What does corporate cannabis need to do to to maybe perhaps protect the the brands that have built this industry? Perhaps you know offer offer an extension. I really what I mean by that is is uh, access. You know is so is branding partnerships. I, I mean what can what can we do? Uh, you know both on the media side and on say the corporate cannabis operator side uh, to help protect this industry's ethos, if that makes sense. So I think being involved in the community is really important. Um, And I would like to give some recognition to Air Wellness. Um, That's a client of Mm. Trailblaze. And they just did expungement clinics in four different states. And um, they were free expungement clinics. So people who had a cannabis arrest record could go and get their record cleared. And I think uh, initiatives like that are really important. Um, And it's kind of a way to show solidarity with people who've been in this for a long time. So I think actions like that are really important. And brand partnerships are definitely a great way to go as well. Holdings has numerous brand partnerships. Um, you know, you just had Amy Larson on the other day where she got to talk a little bit about that. And I think um, that's just a really healthy way to go is to build out some partnerships in this industry. Absolutely. I love Tilt Holdings. And I don't say that as any type of stock recommendation. So don't y'all put words in my mouth. But TLLTF, the the leadership team they've built over there, uh, the support they've given the industry, it's it's super unique. 
to say the least. Uh, but that said, let's shift gears a little bit. I want to hear your thoughts on Twitter, right? I mean, we could always be on Twitter, right? We could always, you know, I, I guess somewhat talk about cannabis to an extent there, but advertising, right? Advertising, 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 hitting the consumer, consumer in a federally illegal industry. Uh, it seems like a massive step in the right direction, but there was a lot of unhappy responses. Like you still couldn't advertise marijuana products, right? So how big is this? Um, but how important was the step? I guess I'd love to hear your initial reaction to that. Yeah, so my initial reaction was just some hesitancy. Um, I think it's a really big step for social media, and maybe it'll inspire some other platforms to follow suit. But, you know, the consumer isn't hanging out on Twitter as much as they are, like, to follow brands. Like, people go to Twitter to complain about, like, their flight getting messed up and, you know, an issue. Get in touch with brands. So they don't normally go there to learn about a brand's deals or a brand's, um, you know, um, I don't know, they're just, it's just not where the consumer is going to find information about a company. But I do think Twitter is a great platform for the fact that they don't censor cannabis content. Um, they do, when you search the word marijuana, they have a note, like, if you need help, like, call this number, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. But they allow cannabis content on there. So it is a place where some brands might be able to really thrive, but brands just really haven't put a lot of attention into Twitter in the last few years. So I think it's going to take a while to get some traction building. Very interesting. So a few years to get traction building. Do we see Meta make any moves in the upcoming future? I know you don't have a crystal ball. I know we don't actually know, but I don't know. I'm not like overly hopeful over here. No, because they're a global company, I don't foresee them changing their policies um, because, you know, Canada has been legal for quite some time now and it's still policed on Instagram just as much as it is in America. So, wow. um, yeah, they haven't loosened restrictions um, at all for cannabis companies in Canada. So they get their Instagram pages taken down all the time. So I don't foresee it happening soon. I hope I'm wrong, though, because I would love to see us be able to post about cannabis freely and not to worry about content getting taken down or our pages getting taken down. Now, you mentioned Trailblaze earlier. I want to give a shout out to you and Lisa Wesser uh, for all the work you all have done. I believe you were just recently acquired, right? We were acquired um, by ACC, Acceleration Community of Companies, and they are a house of agencies. So they've got agencies that do influencer marketing, some that just do regular marketing. Um, they have clientele like Pepsi and some really big names. So um, it's a really pleasure to be working with their team, and it's really exciting. That is awesome. But you also do PR work on your own, correct? I do social media work on my social own. PR, um, I don't do outside of the agency just because it's such sense. a heavy lift and I prefer working with our team. Um, we have a really great team at Trailblaze and Lisa is an incredible leader. So I'll do um, LinkedIn ghostwriting and social media consultations outside of the agency. But um, yeah, PR strictly through the agency. So can you speak a little bit about the importance of executives, you know, utilizing somebody such as yourself and or just being active? Uh, on socials, what does it do to build not only their own brand, but to build brand recognition for the company? Because it seems to me that management in cannabis is massively uh, examined to every detail. And if you fail, it, it, this is why it's their experience. If you succeed, this is why it's their experience. Uh, but so, so is that important in this industry more so than others? 
Yeah, um, I think it's important in all industries. Um, so people like to connect with people versus connecting with a, a company. So by making a face of a brand, you are getting people to trust your brand more um, and want to be more interested and invested in it because they're following along with your you know, founder or CEO journey. And so they want to be a part of that story. They feel more connected. So I think it's really important for executives in cannabis to be on social media, um, especially LinkedIn and talking about their company, um, the you know successes, the changes, and also adding a personal flair to it, showing some personality and they're talking about some things in their personal life to show that they're not just a robot. You know, um, one of my clients, um, she's a, a cannabis buyer. She's bought over $500 million worth of cannabis in her career. Oh. Um, a lot of weed. Wow. Um, and uh, when I began working with her after her first post, she got a speaking engagement at Hall of Flowers, um, two interviews, and the post got 11,000 views. So that just shows like, you know, all it took was one well-written post on LinkedIn, and she's now going to be speaking at Hall of Flowers, which is a very big, you know, prestigious cannabis event. So I think, mm -hmm. um, yeah, being present, talking about the company and some of what you do is very important. Absolutely. And how would you compare that to, say, like a celebrity brand? Uh, because there's been a lot of criticism for celebrity brands, but they're also people. But are, are those people maybe a little bit out of reach of, you know, relating to them? Yeah, they're a little detached, I feel like. Um, I Celebrity brands feel a little inauthentic. Um, they kind of, from all the ones that I've seen, except for like Seth, like I think, you know, all the other ones, it's just like a, a celebrity slapped their name onto a brand and um, they don't really talk about the company or the brand that much. So um, I think that's a different dynamic. Um, yeah. So this is been incredible information and you know we'll start to wind down here but i do want to get some last insights from you uh on the business you're running right because it seems like it's been very successful and very needed to have somebody help these companies navigate social media uh, honestly i like i could probably use some help too right i, I don't post nearly con consistent enough you know and is it the length of my post is it uh the topic that i'm writing on is it just i'm not myself enough but if you can nail down to like two or three points that this is really how you find your own voice. Like if you circulate the, you know, your focus around these two or three things for each post, can, can you give us those insights or do they just have to pay you for them? No, I'll give you <laughs> insights, but I will do a quick plug. I sell a guide to LinkedIn. It's $50 and it's 40 slides, um, how to optimize your profile, um, some posting tips. Um, I show examples of posts that have been successful for me and why they've been successful. Um, but to start, what people need to do is they need to niche down. They need to focus on a topic that they're an expert in or they can really, really talk about. Or on a flip side of it, they can go on a discovery journey with their audience and interview people and learn at the same time that they're teaching their audience. So there's kind of two ways of going about it. You can be an expert or you can be an interviewer and you can take your audience on a journey with you either way. So um, niching down is very important. Um, and then I think being authentic. Um, don't try to sound like a robot. Um, putting line breaks in your post on LinkedIn is very important. Um, people scan when they're reading, they go very, you know, they just scan through stuff. Um, 
Yeah. So um, you don't want to have huge paragraphs because people aren't going to sit and read all of that. But if you break it down with some line breaks, people are more likely to read it and stay on your post longer. Um, another tip is to engage with others on the platform. So LinkedIn has this really cool feature where um, if you visit someone's profile, they have a little bell in the corner. So if you tap that bell, you'll get a notification anytime that person posts. And when they post, you can be one of the first one to comment on there, which means not only are they going to see your comment first, other people are going to see it too. So then you're going to get more visibility on your own page just because you're engaging with these other people. Ooh, look at you and these hacks. You go ahead and send me that link after this, Alice. I'll probably just go ahead and buy that plug from you, uh, buy that that uh, guide from you, because Lord knows I could use some some love on my profile. <laughs> but but Alice, it's such a pleasure chatting with you. Is there anything else that say you want to leave us with? You know, uh, you know, just check out this profile. You know, just understand this about social media. Like, what is one just? Ah, oh, everybody needs to know this thing uh, about cannabis marketing and brand marketing. Um, on Instagram. Try not to use the word cannabis. Um, that is my biggest tip is avoid using cannabis, marijuana, pot, weed. Um, I would say on Instagram, just don't do it. I know for you guys, you have to do it. It's in your handle. Um, but the more you can avoid it, the better, because the, if you do it, it flags you know, their system and you could potentially get a post taken down. So yeah, I think that's the important part is um, just be very mindful of your verbiage on Instagram. Send us good vibes, y'all. We need them. <laughs> but Alice Moon, uh, social media brand builder extraordinaire. Thank you so much for your time today. Honestly, I, I hope this is not the last time. I'd love to continue having you talk about this and help us understand the importance of social media marketing, especially as these large news items come out of these platforms jumping in. Uh, it's great to get a voice on that. So thank you for being here. And let's do it again very soon. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, y'all. Really, really cool interview. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, Born to be free, Anthony Marino, change agent Leland. What is up, my friend? Good to see you. Uh, but Alice Moon, obviously an absolute leader when it comes to social media marketing, brand building uh, <laughs> on LinkedIn, Instagram. I mean, B2C, B2B. If you all are looking for that sort of assistance and help, please reach out to her. Um, I hope she doesn't mind me giving out her email. You can nod or say no, Alice. I can see you. You can nod. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give out her email, which is alice at uh, it was alice moon at alicemoon.la. So <laughs> you have, you have a, a good email there, alicemoon at alicemoon.la if you want to reach out and get some more tips on some great social media in uh, marketing advice. With that being said, we're going to wrap up here. Javier Haas will be back next week, but we'll have another amazing show for you on Thursday at 4 Eastern time with more women leaders in the cannabis industry. And with that being said, y'all have a great rest of your day. We'll see you again later. Peace.